0: This is The Playbook.
1: David Meltzer, thank you again for connecting. Here we are in Toronto this time. Please tell everyone who you are, what you do, and what your mission in life is.
0: You got it. I'm Dave Meltzer, speaker, author, entrepreneur, investor. Uh, I'm on a mission to empower over a billion people to be happy by teaching them three things, how to make a lot of money, how to help a lot of people and have a lot of fun, And so I do the majority of what I can for free. I have then people who want to work in a group setting and then very selective people. I have a wait list to work one-on-one with people. But most of what I do, TV shows, podcasts, lives, speeches, uh, giving away my books, everything I do I can is to help people learn the values, daily practices and execution on making a lot of money, helping a lot of people, and having a lot of fun.
1: Mm. And do you think there is a quite simple balance, work-life balance, one may say, to make a lot of money, spend a lot of time doing elsewhere? Do you see it as a harmonized thing, as a balancing thing? How do you look at that whole concept? I always find it fascinating for high achievers.
0: So for me, it's a weighted balance. It's not simple. Okay. Uh, It takes a lot of discipline and a weighted balance daily and that's why I mentioned I teach people daily practices because I think the first step in having a balance, any kind of balance, not simple but weighted, is to understand all I need to be concerned about is three things when I balance my values. One, today. What do I want today, personally, experientially, uh, giving-wise and receiving-wise, by giving meaning to the lessons, setbacks, failures, mistakes, successes defining moments historical relevances of the past making sure those are aligned with what i want today in a trajectory of what i think i want in the future or better and so too many people try to give themselves a lifetime of balance Uh without taking into consideration the uncertainty of the future life circumstances and the meaning that they're giving to the past so it's not simple uh, part of the reason it's not simple is the simple things to do are unfortunately simple not to do but what i try to teach people is hey let's work day by day in a trajectory of where you want to be or think you want to be yeah. or better by giving the meaning finding the light the love and lessons in the past in order to effectuate what you do say think believe and feel today
1: amazing i know student of your calendar is a. there's big a message. repeat offender it's that's a, big, a huge message it's a big message that you have what does that mean to you? Why is it so important? And what does your calendar typically look like? I know um, when talking to your Very team active. sometimes, it's like <laughs> five minute phone calls, seven minute FaceTimes. Like, yeah,
0: five minute phone calls, yeah. 20 minute meetings. Uh, so first of all, being a student of the calendar is studying. And this is a nuance that a lot of people don't get at first. You need to study your calendar, which entails two things. Not only looking at it or paying attention to it, but more importantly, giving intention to it. What you do, say, think, feel, and believe in alignment with the coincidences, the consequences, the karma that you want. It's the mathematical equation of luck to me, being a student of the calendar. So I study with attention and intention what I have planned, what I don't have planned, and my sleep, Mm. what I get paid for, and what I don't get paid for. And in the context of paying attention and intention, into those things, I create and maximize the coincidences, karma, and consequences in my life aligned with the trajectory of where I think I want to be or better.
1: Got it. So when you say what you get paid for, what you don't get paid for, if you're doing something that you will get paid for in the future, is that considered what you get paid for, or no?
0: Yeah. So anything that can be aligned with creating, making a lot of money. So if I'm studying a course, that's what I get paid for. Right. Right? If I'm building my community, that's what I get paid for. Yeah. If I am lying on the beach with my 13-year-old son playing backgammon, I don't get paid for that. No, you don't get paid for that.
1: Speaking of you know, money and, and, and great things that you do, I know you do a lot of philanthropy, a lot of charity work. Obviously, I'm curious from a business standpoint what that does, but then more importantly on a personal side, how that impacts you, what that gives you
0: so understanding my entire philosophy of empowering over a billion people to be happy is based off of abundance abundance is based off of giving and receiving and witnessing giving and receiving are one which is based off of three components of my day which is number one I appreciate everything I have right I'm a gratitude guy yeah so I add value to everything I have by appreciating it I then believe in acknowledgement So acknowledgement is acquiring the knowledge of what I have, finding the light, the love, and the lessons in what I have. Acknowledgement, acquiring the knowledge, only occurs when you don't have it anymore. That's the only time you have received all the light, the love, and the lessons from what you have is when you don't have anymore. People get confused and think that's giving. Yeah. It may be losing, it may be being cheated, manipulated, or stolen from, but you still acknowledge it. Yeah. where most people fall down in the philosophy or perspective or even participating in the perspective that I have is that I believe in a third component in the essence of giving, receiving, and witnessing our one, which is asking for more. You see, most people live in a value-add world, a zero-sum game, I mean, where they are giving and receiving, transacting yeah, with yeah. one another, quid pro <laughs> quo. They live in a scarce environment where the more I give, the more I receive, but you can't give more with less So they don't realize the value they're adding to someone by asking for help or asking to receive. So when you can live in a paradigm shift of giving, receiving, and witnessing are one, appreciating what you have, acknowledging it, but also asking for more, you now are living in abundance, you're living in expansion, and you now are adding value in every aspect of what you do.
1: Amazing. I wanna talk about energy. So I feel like I'm a very capable individual But what I always say to myself is, I need the energy to execute on that capability. And so I'm fascinated with an individual like you who has a busy schedule, doing a lot of things, very active. What keeps you energized? How do you protect your energy? How do you think about energy as a concept?
0: I think this is the biggest paradigm shift of my life because I used to ask myself the same question. How can I get more energy? How can I get more money, which is energy? How can I get more happy, which is energy? How can I get more worthiness, which is energy? The truth is this, we all have the same amount of energy. So I shifted my paradigm. Instead of I'm gonna get more happy, more healthy, more wealthy, more worthy, I am happy, healthy, wealthy, worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? You see, Bob Proctor taught me years and years ago, another Toronto guy, by yeah, the way, yeah. my mentor, he said, David, you have enough power, enough energy in your pinky to light up all of Toronto. Huh. What are you doing to interfere with it? And so when I shifted my paradigm, my perspective, not trying to get into the zero sum game, but realize I live in a world of more than enough of everything and everyone, my principal foundation is based off of, there's something that's omniscient and all powerful that loves me more than my mom. Yeah. So with all that power, omniscient, all powerful, what am I doing to interfere with it? I'll tell you, there's two things. I'm afraid of the past or afraid of the future, and then I prescribe ego to it. I got need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, Mm. resentful. All those things are what I do to interfere with the power that I have to do everything that you're capable of doing. Mm. So it's more about
1: removing and blockers of the energy you already Identify have Identify what
0: you're doing exactly to interfere with your potential.
1: Powerful. One thing I'm also very fascinated with you about is your unwinding routine. If you're- You're really
0: a student of Dave Meltzer. I like this. 100%. This is one of my 1,000, man. This guy gets it.
1: <laughs> I'm very curious, like exactly what you do to unwind. I was, I was doing my research online and, and honestly, I couldn't find like a very step-by-step clear and I know it could be different for everyone, and maybe it, that's why you might not go into super it's a, detail. Right, it but is adaptable. But I'm very just fascinated with how well, you do it.
0: The number one thing is to get a coach. Okay. Right, for an unwinding routine, right? The fastest way to get to where you want to be is to know someone that's already there, and then they can give you directions according to who you are. Mm. Like for me, I'll give you some basics that apply yeah. to everyone. Okay. So I take a, I work my way backwards. I take uh, the time that I'd like to wake up, and I know, that I need a minimum of five hours of sleep. Okay. So now I know that I want to wake up at 4 a.m. Pacific time and I go back to 11 p.m. Pacific time that I have to be passed out. Yeah. Because I need five hours of deep sleep. Okay. So I give myself two hours to unwind to make sure that I'm passed out in deep sleep by 11. Got it. Dependent upon only one thing, what I need. <laughs> yeah. Me, David Meltzer, okay. needs. So if I'm very, very active, I may, if I put myself in an unwinding routine at 9 p.m. Pacific time, I may only take five minutes to pass out, Right. which then gives me almost seven hours of sleep. Okay. So how do I do that? So the first step is I reverse custom to Dave Meltzer. Not everybody wants to be up at 4 a.m. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So that's fair. but. Not everyone needs five hours, some people need seven. That's fair. Yeah. So that's why you don't see a lot of this stuff. But once I know my timing, then I have to know my temperature, which is 67 degrees. That's maximum. Of your body or the room? The room. Okay. Yeah. The room has to be at 67 degrees for me. I have to know the pillow types. I have to know the bed type, right? I tell everyone, you spend 30 of your life with your family, so find one wonderful intimate partner. A third of her life an activity you get paid for. So love or learn to love activity you get paid for. Even if you're sleeping. Yeah. So find that great bed uh-huh. with the pillows, the blankets. That is custom to you. Okay. I also no negative energy, no negative conversations, no negative content.
1: Does that mean you're off social? Because yeah, you could off get social, distri- no emails. You don't know
0: what's gonna come. I'm off social like in person social. Like I do not want to have conversations about my teenage daughter's love life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? That's not appropriate for 9 p.m. Yeah, yeah. That's something I can deal with at 6 a.m. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. You see my difference? Yeah, yeah, I get so it. So when you say off social, <laughs> yes, I'm off of any way or anywhere that I can be interfered with uh-huh. to put my mind, body, and soul in a position to number one, recover so I can plateau tomorrow, but also to access information yeah so I believe in this omniscient all, omniscient meaning all knowing all-powerful source so if I get out of my own way via my sleep I can access information that allows me in a trajectory to be more productive accessible and gracious yeah plateau and grow not live like a tube food in food out yeah 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 In the myth of Sisyphus rolling a boulder to the top of the hill just to have it roll back down the next day.
1: 100%, so I'm actually curious when you said like the right bed, the right pillow, things like that, because funny enough, I've never even said this out like publicly, but probably three years ago, I bought like six different pillows, nice. literally to optimize my pillow. Smart. What was your I'd process, like mattress, pillow, Same bed, same
0: thing with beds. I went from one bed to, you know, I slept in a hotel room and I'm like, this is my bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I spent like nine grand Cause I didn't just buy the bed. I bought all the linens, the pillows, the frame. I yeah. bought the because look, I, I travel 200 days a year. That's I can just I try ask. out beds. Right. Yeah. So yes, I'm like you. I just didn't have to buy eight beds <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I'm sleeping in so many of them. Yeah. Uh, and look, thank goodness my wife was with me <laughs> because I didn't have to go back, you know, to the four seasons and say, Hey, yeah, here's you another $1,200 yeah. for a, a night in this bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And so with that being said, you have that at your home, like what about when you're traveling hotels
0: like do you do you bring that stuff with you? Like how does that work? No. So I know I will request certain pillows. Yeah. Right? So I'll pay extra money to be at a hotel that accommodates these types of requests. Yeah. But I also, you know, there's exceptions and moderation and adaptation according to efficiencies of my life. Yeah. So if I'm at a home to go Hilton Right, I just won't have the optimal bed. Yeah, but yeah. it has to have 67 degrees, degree, Yeah. right? Yeah. It has to be able to get dark, Yeah. right? So there's a variety of things that I do need. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a perfect world. You, you talked about earlier, I have a 520 rule. Five minute phone calls, 20 minute meetings. That's not for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's, that's an So objective. you worked your way to that for you. All my routines are adaptable. To life circumstances, yeah. or else they're not efficient. To take into account life circumstances, you need to have all, including my student, of the calendar. Like I have adaptable routine. Okay. I do have non-negotiables within the content of an adaptable routine. So a minimum of an hour a day on my health, a minimum amount of time with my family, a minimum amount of time studying my calendar. Yep. But that leaves me normally about. 22 hours <laughs> to adapt with. Yeah. So if, if, certain things are non-negotiable, but it's very minimal. And also it's well thought out that I don't put myself in a position that <laughs> says, I can only sleep in a Four Seasons bed. Right, of course. That, that would hold work. you back.
1: That would hold you back for sure. And then it gets in your head, right? Exactly. 100%. Okay, we got to switch it quickly because we don't have so much time. <laughs> um, marketing and AI. How are you looking at that working together for your personal brand, for your businesses? Like, what do you see in the future? What are you doing right now? Just curious.
0: Great question, by the way. So number one, AI. I've been blessed to be old. <laughs> that means I've been blessed to live life for longer than most people now, especially in technology. Yeah. So I've been able to experience a lot of light, a lot of love, and a lot of lessons with technology. Web one, I was in the internet in 92. Yeah. When Justice Scalia told me nobody will ever do research on a computer, you needed a book, right? That's the yeah, close-mindedness yeah, yeah, yeah. of the, the experts <laughs> telling me. So web one, web two, web two, five, and web three. AI now, the most powerful technology ever created. The most powerful servant, because that's what technology is to me. Right, right. It is not my master. Technology is a powerful. servant. So when you want to apply the most powerful servant, least expensive, it, efficient, effective, statistically successful servant to marketing, look at the capabilities of that servant. One of the capabilities that most people are overlooking today comes from my experience of being old, which is that AI is able to process content and assimilate it and create with it. So for me, I do something that no one else does in marketing and I've been doing it for years. I come from a background of searching, so bullion language searching. Slip slash S, fall slash P, quote unquote grocery store is the most effective search of slip and fall in a grocery store. And then it would search a database, a perpetual database of California case law or federal case law or Canada case law. So knowing this from 1992, 31 years later, now that there's a different artificial intelligence other than a search engine, because remember a search engine, a Boolean language search engine is artificial intelligence. I learned how to use it as a servant to me to find shit faster, put it in chronological order and edit it faster. It was a servant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AI is the same thing. So what do I do? I know that my content I publish it, I edit it, I promote it, amplify it, and perpetuate it. But I also transcribe it. Right. And AI allows me to transcribe it where I used to pay a dollar a minute, I now pay two dollars a month to transcribe everything I do. But you don't think that's powerful enough? You know what I also do, is I take all my content, not the edited, not the published uh, publicly and promoted publicly, paid against Ad spend, the Dave Meltzer brand. But the smartest thing that I do is not only transcribe it, but I have burner accounts. Mm. So I have landing pages that nobody knows about. They're not promoted publicly, they're not paid advertised against. Yeah, yeah. But they do accommodate SEO. Uh huh. And most importantly, because of AI, understanding the servant and capabilities of AI, when I want to write a book now, I can go from zero to one, which used to take me six months to write a book in less than six minutes. Wow. Because all I got to do is say, hey, write a book called Don't Do Business with Dicks, 10 chapters, 350 pages, perfectly edited to the Library of Congress. Chapter one is about this. Use these lessons and (laughs) stories and lessons like these lessons as if I am David Meltzer Speaker, author, entrepreneur. David Meltzer, legendary sports executor. David Meltzer, sports philanthropist. And in seconds, I'm zero to one. Incredible. People don't see AI as a capable servant. They see it as a master. Yeah. And if you utilize a master, you'll be the slave. If you use it as a slave, you'll be the master. Yeah. Be the master of your destiny, of your trajectory. Use AI and marketing as such, and I promise, you'll get from zero to one and from 99 to a hundred faster than ever, which Incredible. will provide more quantitative value to everything you do.
1: I love it. Okay. In respect to your time, final question, if you could tell the whole world one thing, what would it be?
0: Oh, that's easy. Go for Be it. kind. be kind to your future self, do good deeds. Think about things in not linear time, but in kind time. Think about that. Everyone, I don't think of things in linear time, like what is this transaction going to do for me in the future? I'm not giving to receive. I think in kind time. I'm kind to my future self by doing good deeds, by helping other people, by believing in value-add and abundance. And I don't worry about linear time because I live in kind time. Thank you, David. I appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate your time. (laughs)